back to black girl meets pop culture i'm your host zoe and today we will be continuing our series on the new teen titans history and character analysis this is part five and you know why i'm hyped because we're talking about my favorite character raven yes but let me chill out before we get into that i would like to give you all the usual announcements as always first highly suggest you follow me on my instagram at black girl underscore meets underscore pop culture which is where you can get more information about this podcast more updates about when i post you know all that good stuff once again i would like to mention you're listening to this on spotify either at this time spotify or apple Podcasts, or maybe both regardless of that nature i would highly suggest that you follow me on either one if not both if you want to you know contribute that's when you can get more notification. You can get every notification actually when I post, as I mentioned prior, in previous episodes. This is the month, and this is the month alone, exclusively in January. I'll be posting two times a week, Wednesday and Friday. So I highly suggest you take advantage of that and follow along with those notifications. And finally, you know you can financially support this podcast. What you didn't know? Well, let me tell you how. You will see the link in the description where it says support this podcast. Click on it and you can donate to this podcast. Help me out financially just starting with 99 cents a month. Hey, a dollar goes a long way. And I'm going to leave it at that. Let's get into this, my favorite character. All right, all right. Now, I want to preference this. Very much like the Nightwing episode, this episode is going to be a lot longer. Yeah, it's going to be a lot longer. Even the first episode of the series was around 26 minutes. This is going to be a lot longer. Why? Because as I mentioned with the Coriander episode, the Starfire episode, she was created for this for this book, for this comic. But also, there's a lot going into Raven that you need to understand. Raven is basically the sole reason why the new Teen Titans are formed, which we're going to get into. I don't want to get too deep, but that's why we're going to be talking about her a lot. Raven, unlike everyone else, everyone else has two slides. Raven has four. So that's the amount of explaining we're going to have to do. But without further ado, let's jump in since we're going to be a while. Let's start with Raven's background. Oh, by the way, if you would like to know more information about these characters, highly suggest you click on the link under, usually on the first slide, there will be a link you just Click on the character's name that's highlighted in a different color and has the underline. Click on it. It will take you to a link 
to Comic Vine. I believe Comic Vine is a trusted source when you want to learn more about comic books quick and easy. So you go there and you'll learn more of what I chose purposely to gloss over since I just wanted to focus on New Teen Titans, the original volume of New Teen Titans and the first couple issues of the second volume of New Teen Titans. Alright, let's get into the background of Raven. Raven was born in the dimension of Azraf and was taught since birth to suppress her emotions in order to prevent the power of Trigon the Terrible from taking control of her, thus destroying the universe. It's a long sentence. <laughs> now, powers and abilities. Trained in Azeroth by the ruler Azar, Raven developed and mastered the ability to heal others through her empathic power as well as travel through dimensions mimicking teleportation. She also has her soul self, a physical, a physical manifestation of the power granted by her father's heritage and can see forward into the future. However, it is not that reliable. I'm not going to explain these. Usually I, I take a moment to explain, but as we go along, I will explain. So that's why I'm going through these kind of fast. We are still on slide 13. Analysis. Let's get into the analysis, which will be the majority of this episode of this podcast. Raven's mother, Arella, was groomed into joining a cult that worshipped Satan. I say it like that because that's in quotations. Out of the cult members, she was chosen to be the bride of Satan, who surprisingly was an attractive man. Trigon, the creature that the cult had worshipped, revealed his true form and quickly took advantage of Arella, thus impregnating her. The people of Azeroth found her, protected her, and prepared her for the birth of her child. Once Raven was born, she was quickly removed from her mother, only seeing her passing until roughly around the age of 12. At that age, it is also when Raven met her father, Trigon, thus allowing her to truly understand what she was. Now let's stop right there. I know I just said a lot. Let's go back to slide 13 real quick. I just want to put it all in context. So Arella is Raven's mother. Her original name was Angela, but the but the people of Azeroth renamed her to Arella, so henceforth we will be calling her Arella. Arella was roughly around the age that Raven left Azeroth to go create the new Teen Titans. Which is why she was groomed. I want to make that specific. She was groomed. Arella was alone. She had nobody. So, and, and honestly, that's that's the truth about people joining gangs or cults. They think, oh, they love me. They accepted me when nobody else did. But in reality, they were just using her. Isn't it interesting how they chose her to be the bride of Satan very quickly? It doesn't say how long she was a part of the team or a part of this cult, but you can assume it was very quickly, which is why she was chosen to be the bride of Satan and to act this out. I'm not entirely sure if the people of the cult like understood everything, but first of all, if you're bringing Satan to you, major red flag. Hope you, you know what? I highly suggest you do not mess with witchcraft. That's a conversation for another day, but no. Jesus is not for it. But yeah, major red flag. But once again, it's 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 encouraging her to make her feel like she's special, that she's worth something, that that her being rejected was wrong and that and that she has meaning. 
only for her to realize that she's getting rejected again when she realizes who Trigon actually is. After, I'll just say, after they did the dance with no pants, Trigon revealed himself as, as he truly is. A crimson-skinned man with four eyes and horns. So therefore, he graped her. Take the G off of grape and you understand what I'm saying. He graped her. And after that, he just banished her. Very much, if you want to think about it, very much like how God had banished the, the devil. And it says that he was thr- casted out as if, or like lightning. He was casted out like lightning. This, that's very much what happened to her brother. And you can see the parallels. This is obviously and clearly inspired by Christianity, the beliefs of Christianity, and how they think of Satan. Now, going back to, to slide 14, the people of Azareth found her, protected her, and prepared her for the birth of her child. Now, okay, Arella falls into the same trap. I can't say it's good, but in a way, it's good. But before she, meet, she met the people of Azareth, Arella had been taking sleeping pills unnecessarily. Why? Because she was trying to commit self-deletion. Now, hear me out. Imagine knowingly having the spawn of Satan, practically, metaphorically, within you. Having a feeling that your child is meant to destroy the world, very much like how their father desired to conquer every universe. You can understand where she's coming from now, right? (laughs) Once again, I tell you, she's like 18, 19. I would like to say around this time she's 19, 20-ish. But she's young, there's nothing she can do. She can't go to the clinic because what she feared was that when she became pregnant or when she had the when she had the child, what she feared was that the child would resemble resemble their father and then be like, uh, why did this red baby come out of you? So she, she, she there was nowhere she could turn. And oddly enough, she repeats the same choice of joining another cult. Do not tell me Azeroth is not a cult because it is a cult. So she joins the people of Azeroth. And we'll get into why they're a cult. She joins the people of Azeroth. And they have a plan, basically. Their plan is to avoid this child from becoming like their father. They need to be detached from all emotion. This child needs to be a vessel. A vessel of other people's emotions, but can never experience their own. Raven literally says sometime, I want to say issue 30, around issue 30, where she's in a church and she's looking. It's obviously a Catholic church because they have statues. And she's looking at one of them and she says, why can I not love? Why can I not hate? Why can I not feel? Powerful line. But it's because Raven was not meant to feel. That was not her purpose. That was not what she was trained to do. Azar herself, the ruler of Azrath, trained her in the ways of healing people, learning how to teleport, how to heal people and disperse their feelings and emotions. And she can also force upon other feelings to other people. We will get into that, definitely. But she wasn't meant to feel. So imagine her going through puberty, becoming a teenager and then a young woman and then becoming an adult. And not being able to feel. 
Raven was burdened with a heavy task. Very much so when she finally met her father, a part of her came out, and I mentioned before her soul self. Trigon purposely in, in, in met Raven and antagonized Raven because he wanted to see if he if she was like him. Now Raven obviously very timid, very socially awkward, probably has social anxiety. She she was very kind, if you will, or you can't even say that. She was a blank slate. But I would lean more so toward the, towards the kind part. So when she finally meets Trigon, she's overwhelmed with these feelings because she never knew who her father was. She didn't know her father was a, a you know what, would do what, what he did to to um, her mother. She was not aware of that. She became aware in that moment. So imagine having all these feelings. You're meeting your father. You see what he looks like. You know what he did to your mother who you've barely had any contact with. Of course, you're overwhelming with emotion. And because of that, that emotion brings out the darker side of herself, her soul self, which is a reflection of her, the darker side of her soul. Thus, her soul self is black. Later on, it reverts to white, but it, it, it's, it's black. And when that happens, Trigon's like, cool. That's what I'm here for. Continuing on, when she became an adult, Raven left Azeroth in order to prepare the world to stop her father. She went to the Justice League first, but they turned her away, knowing she inherited a presence of evil. She turned to the Teen Titans and forms a team capable of preventing the destruction of the universe. Now, let's, let's bring out the Azar part, where she leaves Azar, her home. And I mentioned last episode that she has very similarities, many similarities with with Starfire in that aspect, but also the Justice League. Now, when Raven chose to leave Azeroth, they said, you can never come back. You leave now, you leave forever. We will never see you. These people raised her, and they've banished her. We'll get into, we'll get more in-depth to Azeroth as it goes on, but they banished her, really. They knew what she was capable of, and instead of, going with her to prevent what later happens they're like uh they're pacifists this is why but they enjoy the action of inaction you know they're, they're, they choose to not act but that is an action itself inaction is an action and they're terrible hypocrites now with the justice league she goes to the justice league first obviously the most powerful people in in in, in, in let's say that universe allegedly it's believed to be at least the most powerful people on earth and she turns to them and they quickly turn her away very much like with arella in the beginning of her life being turned away not being accepted by anybody raven mimics that this she mimics her mother's initial journey and it's terrible it's sad and they do this because at the time zatanna she's a magic user for those of you who don't know she's in Young Justice, Justice League Unlimited, Batman Animated Series, etc. She is a magic user herself. Raven feeds off of magic. That's her, what her power functions on. And she could sense the evilness in Raven. And Raven didn't have much time to explain that evil isn't me, it's my father. But it still dwells deep within her. And they didn't want to take the chance of that. So this is why she turns to, to, to the new Teen Titans. She creates a new team. And... Without her, a lot of, honestly, without Raven, a lot of bad things would have happened. So, 
she made the right call, just made some bad decisions when making that right call, which is what we were going through, which we will acknowledge right now. In a way, Raven's reasons for assembling the team were good, as I mentioned, but they were also selfish, and she acted on that selfishness. I would say very much like Arella when she joined that cult and did what she did. She manipulated Kid Flash into joining her as she used her empathic abilities to make him fall in love with her. Something he was not aware of for several issues. Let's just break that down. If this was written now, Raven would get canceled. I'm surprised like this never gets brought up. People don't really focus on this. But Wally and Raven had a very close connection. We will go into that next episode where we talk about Wally West Kid Flash but they had they had a connection with one another initially in the first issue of teen of the new Teen Titans which came out in November of 1980 Dick calls Wally to say hey join the team and Wally's like yeah I can't do that can't do that I'm, I'm focusing on school and so he hands the phone back to Raven and he's like well or Dick hands the phone back to Raven and, and says that Wally's not coming. And she says, don't worry, I'll handle that. You don't even see what happens. Something happens, like, like, like between the teens, they're on their, their costume, the members of the team, and Kid Flash comes out of nowhere. And Dick is like, I thought you, I, 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 I thought you weren't, he's like, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. But even Wally's, Wally wonders why he changed his mind. He doesn't understand. He believes it's because of Raven, but he doesn't know why, because they don't know her power. They don't trust her. She came out of nowhere. She's this cloaked figure. She never takes off her hood until, like, issue five. They don't know this chick. She just came out of nowhere and said, this is what we need to do. They don't even know who they're fighting. So obviously this is a mad violation of Raven's part, but you understand, not excusing it at all, but you understand why she did it, because she was desperate. That one interaction with her father when she was 12 years old, that one interaction made her fear not only her father, but herself. But herself. This whole time throughout her life, she was told, you are meant for destruction. Your, your only purpose is to bring chaos upon the world. So she acted on it, saying, well, whatever, this is, just, this is justified. I'm trying to save the universe, you know? Her, she put her own selfishness before the world, which is very much like her father. Continuing on, with the help of the Titans, or with the Titans' help, Trigon was set... Let's do that again. <laughs> with the Titans' help, Trigon was successfully kept away from the, the dimension that Earth resided in, but only for a temporary amount of time. Trigon's power was now directly related to Raven's emotions, meaning if she felt an over overwhelming amount of emotion that she was not meant to harbor, her personality would fade into her body, causing Trigon to take control. Uh, yeah, so, um... So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that last part. Where Trigon's power was now directly related to Raven's emotion. This happened because Raven's mother, she left Azeroth as well. So you already know she getting the boot. Raven's mother had left Azeroth in order to help Raven with her father. Raven actually offered herself up 
to Trigon so that he wouldn't hurt any anyone else. Obviously, he did, but her mother rescues her, and to prevent Trigon from entering the world's dimension to conquer it, because Trigon has conquered many dimensions, in order to prevent that, she uses her mystical powers that she received from Azeroth, her time on Azeroth, she uses her powers to trap him, basically. But she can only trap him for so long. And it's evident, because throughout the series, I would say starting around... I would say starting around when Coriander gets kidnapped by her sister, which I believe I mentioned last episode, go check that out, where she gets kidnapped by her sister, that's when Raven's emotions start to peak out. Let me give you a perfect example. During that time, the Titans were fighting alongside this other team, and of course during this battle, this bloody and, and, and gruesome bla- battle, there are casualties. And as I mentioned before, Raven, she's meant to heal. That is her purpose. Or that's at least the purpose that Azeroth had put in her. That had grained into her mind. That this is what you are for. Nothing else, nothing more. That rhymed. Um, So, seeing all these dead bodies, or these dying bodies, these injured bodies, practically on the brink of death... She becomes overwhelmed, and once again, she could feel how other people feel. She's not a mind reader, but she can infer how you feel, if you, if you will. So, she's she's in the field, she's healing as many people as she can, She's and it's becoming overwhelming. And as it becomes overwhelming, she, those feelings that other people have are becoming her own. They're becoming her own, and, and instead of being released, as they, as she usually does... They're lingering in her. And as they are lingering in her, she hears her father's voice. For the first time since she was 12, like, without his presence being there. For the first time. And as a result, her soul self starts to breach out, which is her darker self. It starts to escape from her body, and she has no control over it. But then she has to remind herself, okay, control... I'm in control of everything. But it's so powerful that people on, like, different parts of the battlefield can hear what's happening. They can feel what's happening. And Wally asks if she's okay. And she's like, I don't I don't know. This continues to happen. And there's actually one issue. Oh, this is so sad, man. Where she, she mimics her mother's behavior very much, like, as we talked about before. She becomes possessed by Trigon. And... She, they're fighting the, bro- yeah, they're fighting the Brotherhood of Evil, which is a Teen Titans villain team. Um, she's they're they're fighting the Brotherhood of Evil, and the Brotherhood of Evil basically knock out all the Titans in front of her. They seem to be dead. They're not dead, but she knows that they're not dead. But seeing that that shock, she's already been cracking like an egg, basically since what happened. With Corey and and her sister, so she she's been seeping, her 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 control has been fading. It's been coming compromised, and in that moment, when that happened, she lost all control. And Trigon, his personality began to take over, and he did away with the Brotherhood of Evil. Now they're still alive, of course, but he did away with them. And then Donna Wonder Girl shows up, and 
And she's trying to convince Raven. She's trying to wake Raven out of the situation. She's like, Raven, it's me. It's Donna. And then Trigon's just controlling her, saying, like, get away from me, you dolt. That's, that's like, Raven's go-to when she's possessed. Anyway, she's like, Donna realizes, okay, Raven is still in there. Because if Trigon was actually in full control, he wouldn't mind talking to me. He would just kill me. So she gets through to Raven. She's like, Raven, it's me. You have to calm down. You have to calm down. We're fine. Your friends are fine. But if you do this, you're going to let your father free. And in this realization, she tries to self-delete. Very much like her mother. See, Raven throughout this whole time is just troubled with guilt. And you can't blame her. She's the daughter of Satan. So she's trying to correct the wrongs that she knows she will eventually make, or at least her father has made, and it's never enough. She's becoming a liability rather than someone to lean on. But let's keep continuing. We are now officially on slide 16, the last slide. Raven had many moments where her control slipped, ushering the brief presence of her father, which I mentioned before. This made her more of a liability rather than an asset, and because of it, she left the team. She didn't return the team until the series was renumbered. And when she did, she made it clear that she would be leaving permanently. Her departure was interrupted by her fully succumbing to her father's power. Together, they took over the world in mere minutes. So Raven leaves the team. And it, gosh, it's so sad. Because there's a character named Jericho, Joseph Wilson who was the son of Slate Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke, who I chose not to mention because I only wanted to talk about the main, the original team members of this team. But if, hey, if this is good, maybe I'll talk about two other members of the Teen Titans. But that's up to you guys. Excuse me. He comes to her room, and, 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 and Joseph and, and Raven have a connection. They have a connection with one another. It's... Un, it's unexplainable but or inex whatever it's it's it can't be explained it's it's unfathomable basically they have grown they grew so close together so quickly and in a matter of mere issues like four issues they became very close and he knocks on her door and she's alone in her room crying and and then then she's like go away and then she's like oh it's you joseph joseph is mute by the way so he can't talk to her so she's like, Joseph, I care for you deeply, even though we've only known each other for a short while. But I care too much about you to, I care too much about you for you to get hurt through knowing me. And he leaves. And then she leaves. And even when Raven returns to announce to the team that she is leaving permanently, Honestly, I think she might have wanted to self-delete at that time, too. Because how she was talking and how just the context of everything, it sounded like she was about to do the same thing that she tried before and couldn't do it successfully this time. But Joseph tries to save her. And he, and he, when, when he, he his ability is to, he can basically jump into other people's consciousness. So she's dreaming. She's having a nightmare. And he's, he's experiencing her nightmare. And this is where 
more so, they begin to know each other. They, be to, they begin to have a deeper relationship. He experiences the horrors that she she's fighting, the battles that she's struggling to win. And he under he like when he sees that he's in pure shock, pure shock. But believe it or not, there's a happy note to this. However, with the help of her friends, she was able to banish her father permanently. Not really, but at the cost of yet another departure. At the end, Raven feared that she was the bad guy, but at the end, she saved the day. Because without her, Trigon would have eventually tried to reign over the dimension of that the, that the Earth resided in. So without her... Without her existence, even though how she came to be was utterly disgusting and terrible, but without her, without her struggles, she would have never been able to destroy her father permanently. Of course, I said not really in parentheses, because writers like to change things and do dumb stuff, but I digress. So yeah, that is the story of Raven, my favorite Teen Titan member. I heavily relate to Raven. I won't get into how, at least not deeply. But she was my favorite character watching the show. And it's crazy how her comic book counterpart and her TV or her cartoon counterpart are so different but so same at the same time. Of course, her cartoon counterpart is much younger than Raven in the comics. Raven in the comics is in my head canon, when she first shows up, he's she's nineteen, which I mentioned in my Wonder Girl episode. But in my head canon, she's the oldest of the team. She's had the more experience, even though she hasn't experienced life on Earth. She's experienced a lot, so in my head canon, she's nineteen, making her mother around like forty, forty-one, honestly, if younger like thirty-eight. Um, so in my head canon, personally, she's nineteen. Um, what else are the other differences? Um, Raven, she rarely shows her face at a certain point. She goes to college, actually. She pursues a relationship with Wally. Or, I wouldn't say pursue, but it's very clear that the both of them have feelings for one another. While in the show, Raven is more to herself. She's not open to many things, but she's still able to participate. Unlike Raven in the comic books, where she just locks herself in a room sometimes. Very like for days, she would lock herself in a room. She would depart. She would leave from the team. So it's very much different. But Raven in the show learned her lesson a lot quicker than Raven in the comics. And once again, it's crazy how this came out in the eighties, and we're we're tackling tough topics like rape, like sexual assault, and and being a product of that, and dealing with that, and how you address that. And for people judging you, or they automatically have an assumption about you because of what your parent did. Because you are a product of your parent. And it's not your fault. You can choose to act on that, which Raven did many times, specifically with making Wally West Kid Flash fall in love with her. Which was absolutely, utterly wrong. But then she tries to combat that. She tries to be a better person by healing people, putting her teammates before herself, talking to people. Uh, there was actually this guy in an issue where he was at a like uh, some place and he was had a gun and was about to shoot this girl that he was interested in. And Raven's like, "Why don't you talk to me? Let's talk. I'm your friend. I'm your friend. Let me understand what you're going through." 
you know, so she has her moments. And it's finally, like, freeing to know that she escapes that. She finally escapes that. And just, and, and, and achieves the life that she truly deserves. And believe it or not, her and Wally later become on good terms. So, hey. But then later she makes Dick fall in love with her. But that's a conversation for another day. Alright, if you enjoyed this episode, highly suggest you share it. And I'm sure you did enjoy it. But once again, I highly suggest you share it to someone who think you'll like it. Even someone who you think won't like it. I will be back this week on Friday. But until then... Peace.